Well, good morning. Welcome to Grace. I'm Pastor Ryan. This morning, we begin a new series called Go to Everyone. And our focus will be on increasing our awareness of the mission of God, both locally and nationally and internationally. We're going to kick things off this morning with a special guest speaker, Matt Rose, coming from Voice of the Martyrs. Matt will outline for us the various ministries of VOM and give us an important reminder to the church of our present cross-cultural calling as we live as strangers on this earth while our citizenship is truly found in heaven. Thanks for joining us today as we look now together at the state of the persecuted church throughout the world. to the Father and leave his disciples, he gives them this charge. Uh, Therefore, go make disciples of all nations. He gives them two primary ways of accomplishing this feat. The first is baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, which is the collective understanding of the doctrinal purity of the church of God. This is what God looks like, and this is why we sing the Gloria Patri every morning. The God that created the world that we live in, that lives and dwells within our hearts, is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then the second uh, tool that Jesus gave his disciples to, to make more disciples was by teaching them to obey everything that Jesus himself has commanded. Uh, we're going to enter into a series uh, largely given to provide a greater awareness to our church here in the UP because there's a lot we don't see going on in the rest of the world. So for these next uh, six to eight weeks, uh, we're going to have individuals to come and to share with you their experience. We have some that are going to be coming from overseas. We have some that are serving uh, nationally. And you're going to even hear from some folks right here within your own congregation who are finding ways of being missionaries right where they are right to the people who live uh, across the street and investing themselves in organizations that reach beyond your avenues and counties and neighborhood. Uh, To this end, we're going to kick things off this morning by inviting our guest speaker, Matt Rose. Uh, We want to offer him a warm welcome, and he has been on staff at Voice of the Martyrs in Oklahoma for 20 years. Matt was born and raised here in the Upper Peninsula. He graduated from Kingsford High School and managed the Hope House Christian uh, Bookstore in Iron Mountain for 15 years. That was where I first met him. Always enjoyed going into the, uh, to the Hope House to find what new uh, book was available that I could get my hands on. Uh, he has traveled internationally to Pakistan, Sudan, Indonesia, India, Bangladesh, and many other nations. He currently coordinates uh, Voice of the Martyrs advanced conferences around the U.S. He's married to Laura. They have... Uh, four children, two grandchildren with one imminently on the way. If you see him checking his phone, it's because his daughter may be going into labor any, any moment. So we're excited for him with that. Um, with this, I'd like to invite Matt, if he will come up now. And will you welcome him as he comes to share with us? Today? Good morning. So good to be back home. I... I live in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, and that is a headquarters for Voice of the Martyrs, but I, I would say my testimony is similar probably to so many people that I be, came to the Lord at a young age at a Bible camp, 
And uh, what we're going to hear about in the next 20 minutes or so really was not on my thought or my radar at all as a believer. I, I grew up in church, faithful in the youth group, went to a Christian college, ended up coming back and, uh, you know, became involved with the Hope House and then ran the bookstore for 15 years. And uh, during that time, there was a, a guy, he was actually from this area right here, immediate area. And uh, he'd come in the bookstore and he came to the Lord and, and uh, he was so passionate for evangelism and for missions and he began to go overseas and, and uh, as a new believer he'd come into the store, we'd do Bible studies sometimes and uh, then he decided to leave his job here and he moved down to Oklahoma and connected up with a mission and uh, would come back and visit and he'd share stories of what was going on in other nations and uh, it really came dear to my heart as I heard more and more of what God was doing and the challenges and the difficulties that there is to be a believer in other nations. So um, he ended up with Voice of the Martyrs, and then this friend invited me to come and to be a part of the staff there in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. So I moved my wife and three children at the time. We moved down um, to Bartlesville and settled in, and people said to me before I left the Hope House, people would say, well, what are you going to do at Voice of the Martyrs? And I said, I have no idea. All I know is there's an open door and I'm feeling led of the Lord to go and to be a part of that mission. Because again, God really touched my heart through what the voice of the martyrs really stood for and uh, who they are as a mission. So really today, I don't want today to be about the voice of the martyrs, but it's really about our family. And uh, I do, I, I really, again, want to thank, thank you all, Pastor Ryan and it just so many familiar faces that I see here. So good to be back. I'm excited what God is doing here. You know, I go to a small church. We're in a, you know, bigger city, town. And uh, our church, we struggle. We have no children. And to see all these children come up for the children's church and just all that God is doing here. God is moving here. I can see that. And praise the Lord for that. And God is moving in other nations as well. And we don't get to go see that. But uh, I think specific, specifically of the country of Iran, and we hear different things about Iran. It's in the news and, you know, their, their uh, hatred towards the United States. And, uh, but those who work in Iran, serve in Iran, know that the gospel is advancing in that country more than any other time in history. There's a hopelessness. There's uh, a lack of of any trust in the government. And they said it, they say in Iran, many, many young people, if this is what Islam brings, we don't want anything to do with it. So many, many young people are looking for hope. And uh, there's opportunities in even nations like that so difficult to work in. Many, many are coming to the Lord. More Muslims are coming to Christ now than any other time in, in history. So we can see that if we... Uh, we'll dig a little bit. You know, we can't always look at just the surface and, and receive the news or, or go online and think we're getting the full picture. I think we all know that. Uh, but God is doing great things around the world. The gospel is advancing. And, uh, you know, it could very well be this is the end times. You know, and as we have that thought in mind, we also need to be thinking in our own lives, okay, what are we doing with our lives? How are we investing our time? 
uh, our efforts, our energy? What is our perspective for today in light of where we spend eternity? So I'm going to share through some slides, let you know a little more of Voice of the Martyrs, and uh, we'll really encourage you later to be connected and to receive our monthly newsletter that we do. So in the next little bit here, we're talking about persecuted church, also known as the suffering church, and the fact and the reality that there are those who are still martyred for their faith today. You know, we hear the word martyr. Some of us maybe have read this book, Fox's Book of Martyrs. We've seen this, have it on our bookshelf. Uh, Early church history up into the 1600s of those who were martyred, who were killed for their faithfulness as followers of Jesus Christ. So we can look back and we know in uh, the New Testament there were those who were killed for their faith. They say all the disciples but one were martyred for their faith. They were killed because they were faithful to Christ. They followed him and it cost them their very life. We see in uh, the New Testament we think of Stephen as the first martyr. But was there a cost to be faithful to God in the Old Testament? We think many times again, martyrdom was something that began in the New Testament. But as we look in the Old Testament, we don't have to think of too many Bible stories before we remember those were those who were faithful to God and it cost them their life or nearly cost them their life. They were faithful. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they wouldn't bow their knee. And they were thrown in the fiery furnace. And we know that story. God spared their lives. Uh, Daniel wouldn't uh, disobey uh, his relationship with God. He continued to pray. He was thrown in the lion's den. But God spared his life. He came out. So there were those in the Old Testament. In Matthew 5.12 it says, So they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And this is a passage that we read to just a little bit ago in Hebrews chapter 11. Others were tortured, experienced mockings and scourgings, chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, stoned, sawn in two, put to death with the sword, destitute, afflicted, ill-treated, men of whom the world was not worthy. So as we look back, early church history, look farther back into the Old Testament, there was always a cost to be faithful to God. There was always that cost. We see that in over 60 nations today where there is a cost to be faithful to God. This is a prayer map, and this is actually um, a map that's in our special issue newsletter, and I have a whole stack of these out on the counter out there uh, next to the missions book Pastor Ryan talked about. And I'd encourage you to pick up one of these today. Take it with you. It has a prayer map folded up. You'll learn a lot about what's happening in the different nations and what Voice of the Martyrs is doing to reach out to help support and encourage believers in those countries. So as we look today in over 60 nations, over 200 million Christians have that potential of being, of being imprisoned, suffering, abuse, and uh, even being martyred for their faith. Thousands this year will suffer for their faith. Hundreds will be martyred. This is a more recent book than Fox's Book of Martyrs. It's called By Their Blood. And you can see on the bottom of that cover, it says Christian Martyrs of the 20th Century. More Christians have been martyred for their faith in the 20th century than all previous 19th centuries combined. So being martyred, suffering for your faith, 
paying a price, laying down your life, is more prevalent today than any other time in history. It's again, we don't really know that. That's what, what uh, grabbed my heart as, as I was a believer for many, many years and then confronted this with this reality of what really our family, our brothers and sisters are going through. So God really touched my heart and, and I know he shaped so many people's Christian perspective and their worldview by understanding what it means to be faithful to God, to, be, to count the cost. And many, many of our brothers and sisters in these other nations, when they come to Christ, they know very well it could cost them their family, it could cost them their job, it could cost them uh, being able to be in the village or, or the town that they live in. Many are, are abused and kicked out of their villages. Uh, parents beat their own children and take their children's lives when they trust in Christ as their Lord and Savior. Uh, so today, very, very difficult. And, but the question is, why does this happen? Why should this be happening? Philippians 1.29 makes it clear, For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. So we have to understand, coming to Christ, part of that is understanding that there could be that potential of suffering, of there being a cost to be faithful to him. 2 Timothy 3.12, very clear. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So again, we shouldn't be surprised. God's word tells us there's many other verses that we can pull out and uh, shape our life around, but many will choose not to see that thread of the cost of being faithful and the cost to follow Christ throughout the whole Bible. But God's word is clear. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Matthew 10, you will be hated by all on account of my name. We see that it also says, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. So we as believers, as we trust in Christ, we have been chosen out of this world. This world is no longer our home. Our home is is in heaven. It says in God's word that we are citizens of heaven now. We are not in a future sense that we will one day be citizens, but we're citizens. We've been chosen out of this world and our citizenship now is in heaven. That is our home. So we are living, really, we're living in a foreign land. The United States, for us as believers, this area where we live is a foreign land because we've been chosen out and our citizenship is in heaven. And as Pastor Ryan said, um, we're all to have that missionary understanding and mentality. And what is a missionary we think of is normally someone who goes and lives in another land and uh, serves in another land. That's what we are because our home is in heaven. When we come to Christ, that's where our citizenship is. So we are all living in a foreign land. That makes us all missionaries. That makes us here to make a difference for Christ, 
a difference in other people's lives for eternity to share the gospel, to live out our faith, to live out our hope and our love of Jesus. And that's what our brothers and sisters do is, is they have, they're hopeless. They have no hope in their religion. And, and uh, Christ comes into their life and he brings them hope and peace and joy. And they want to share that or they want to live that out. They won't deny him. And there is a great cost. I remember being with a brother and his family in Bangladesh. And uh, they, he was an imam. He was a Muslim leader, like the pastor of a, uh, a church for Muslims. And he had heard about Jesus. He didn't really know who Jesus was. Then he saw the Jesus film. And uh, he was more curious about who Jesus really was. And uh, as he studied and dug into it, he came to realize that Jesus truly was the Son of God. And he trusted in Christ as his Savior. So here he was, an imam, the Muslim leader in his, in his village, and now he'd become a Christian. And he began to reveal that to, uh, to those within his village, and he was beaten. They destroyed his home. They stole everything that he had. They kicked him out of the village. And he and his wife and four children lived in the jungle for three months before Voice of the Martyrs contacts could be able to help them come and to find a safe haven, to live in our safe haven area uh, in the middle of Bangladesh. But... I sat with him and asked him, was it worth it to, to lose everything, really to lose everything physically? Was it worth it? And he had a real puzzled look on his faith, face, and he didn't really understand that question. So I asked, what did Jesus bring to you that you didn't have before? He understood that question. A big smile came on his face, and he shared about the hope and the joy and the peace Everything that he had through Christ that he did not have in his other religion. So he was not willing to deny Christ and to go back to Islam or another religion, uh, even at the expense of losing so much and the potential of losing his family. So that is one example. But uh, as we think of who is the persecuted church, Hebrews 13.3 is our foundation verse to remember those in bonds as if bound with them and those who are mistreated since you yourselves are in the body. We've actually kind of been getting away from the term persecuted church because when you say persecuted church, it almost sounds like there's that possibility of there's the persecuted church and the non-persecuted church. And that's not the reality. It's, it's we are serving, even at Voice of the Martyrs for many, many years, we had servants of the persecuted church. We've changed that. Now it's serving with our persecuted family because that's really what this is all about. It's not the persecuted church and the non-persecuted church. It is about we are one body and we see that in Hebrews 13.3. We're to remember them. That means more than just think about them. We're to pray and to be involved in their lives and we can do that since you yourselves are in the body. You're part of the body of Christ. Romans 12, for just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Here we gather together Sunday mornings, and you have a busy schedule, you have many, many things going on here. You are the body of Christ. You are family as you come together, and you pray for one another. And uh, you reach out and you share that love of Jesus. That's, that's uh, what we as a family here, as you pray 
for one another, we're also called in that way to pray for our brothers and sisters, those who are suffering, those who are persecuted, those who are faithfully uh, living out their love for Jesus. So we are one family, but we stretch out to other churches or other buildings that hold people that are also within our family, within this area, the state, this region, in our country and around the world. So it is one family that we're all a part of. The body of Christ is incredible. It's incredible. I get to travel a lot to many different states doing the conferences. I can walk in the door of a church and I immediately feel like I I belong there because it is family as we come together and it is so incredible to be part of God's family. Just such a beautiful thing. First Corinthians, the body is one. All the members are one body baptized by one spirit, made to drink of one spirit and into his body. For the body is not one member, but many. Now there are many members, but one body. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Almost sounds a little confusing there, but we are one body made up of many, many different members. And as God's word says, when one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. We see that within our own church family here. As, as someone suffers, we join in that. We pray for them. We bring them meals. We're involved in their lives. And we suffer and join in what they're going through, the difficulties that they face. Voice of the Martyrs, we have three pillars of our work internationally. One of them is persecution response. If this, this pastor that I mentioned, that, uh, or this imam who came to the Lord, we could come alongside him. We were able to bring him to a safe, safe haven, an area, a compound where he could be protected. He could be discipled. And uh, his family then could move to another area. And he could begin and plant a church. And we do this many, many times through around the world where we are helping people. Pastors maybe are in prison for their faith. We can come alongside their family and help them. We can move them to a safe area if there's challenges or difficulties for their protection. We can, we can reach in if there's medical need. We, can, we have medical, VOM medical that we work with that we help so many, many people, especially in Nigeria. These days, many, many attacks uh, by the Boko Haram, Fulani, herdsmen are attacking believers. They're opposed to Christianity. Uh, almost on a daily basis, there's attacks in Nigeria of our brothers and sisters by those who are opposed to the gospel. Many injuries, we can help with prosthesis and different ways that we can reach in to help and meet the need there. We do action packs. Some of you maybe have seen this if you receive our newsletter. I know Lois has been to VOM, and, and there's a few of you from here that are going to come down in November. This would be something you might be a part of helping with, is process these action packs. People get a bag, they fill it up with necessary items, they get it us to us in Bartlesville. We uh, go through these, we bail them, and ship them into the nations. We do distributions. This was up in uh, um, Sir to, with uh, Syrian refugees after the war started. Uh, many, many fled, and we have been able to help, continue to help, and to reach in and help Syrian refugees. We do a lot with Bibles and scriptures and always want to make sure that Bibles get into the hands of the people. This was a medical need in Nigeria. Uh, this is a young, a young man that was attacked, and uh, both have, he lost sight in both eyes. We've helped with surgery that uh, prayerfully his sight will be able to to come back, but his name's Dan Juma. 
And he also suffered other incredible difficulties and tortures that I won't even get into. Uh, but what you can see in this picture is look at the smile on his face. You know, as much as he's lost, as difficult as his life is from day to day, he knows he has Jesus. He's so thankful to have that, that uh, peace that Jesus brings and that hope in his life. This is a, a man, Peter Yasek. Peter's from the Czech Republic, worked with Voice of the Martyrs for many, many years. And uh, some of you may have prayed for him or been involved with this. But he was in Sudan, the country of Sudan. He oversaw our work in Africa, um, lived in the Czech Republic, traveled into Sudan, did some, some interviews, met with some who had suffered greatly, and uh, had his information on his laptop. And uh, as he went through the airport in Khartoum, in Sudan, they pulled him out of line. They revealed and had pictures. Spies had traveled with him or been a part of where he was going, and they revealed pictures and what he was doing. And they, he was charged with espionage, with uh, being an enemy of the state. So Peter spent time in prison. He was in prison over a full year. For more than a year, he was in prison. Uh, and uh, now he has been released and he does come and speak at some of our conferences. But just incredible as we think about those who are in prison. So many, many in prison for their faith. You know, the, the, the process they go through as they learn and uh, understand as they're in prison. First, why God? But then they see God has a plan. He had many, many opportunities in prison to share the gospel with other prisoners. He encouraged those from Eritrea another small country in Africa where many, many Christians, our family members, are imprisoned in shipping containers. Many have been in shipping containers for months and some for years that have been imprisoned because they're true evangelical believers and the government is opposed to that. Um, so Peter met with some from Eritrea that were imprisoned in Sudan was able to encourage them. And uh, again, so many, he was in prison with ISIS, one who was, was uh, one who beheaded, was part of that group that beheaded these uh, brothers on the shore. You remember when that happened. One of them was in prison. And Peter, thankfully, you know, he was from the Czech Republic. If, they, if he would have said he was from the United States or worked with a mission in the United States, his life would have ended immediately. But he was, uh, just the incredible difficulties that he faced, how they beat him, they were going to waterboard him. Um, just he was their donkey he was their their dog they didn't call him peter all they they called him every bad name he could think of but here as he was there god worked in his heart he had been a believer many years faithful to the lord and god saw uh, he saw god's hand through all that whole process so peter um, is, is uh, just an incredible brother in the Lord. But he's an example of, of so many, many that are in prison for their faith. We can know their story. We have some on our website. We have a website called prisoneralert.com where you can go to, you can write letters to those who are in prison for their faith in all different countries in their own language. You pull phrases down, print a letter off, you can send them. Some of them, Asia Bibi has been in prison for her faith uh, for over eight years in the country of Pakistan. We, can, we need to pray. We can send letters. We can be involved in their lives. We do med packs where we bring these into the nations as well to help the people. Here's a prisoner alert website I just mentioned 
prisoneralert.com. It gives you a bio, an understanding of who they are, and then you can click on there and you can print off a letter. And uh, you can send a letter. So it's a way to remember them. Again, our foundational verse, remember those in bonds as bound with them. And writing letters, praying, those are ways to remember them. Another foundation, we have persecution response, responding to those needs. Also, Bibles are a huge thing that we know. We have a, a vision, not a vision, but a, but a, a vision, a goal, a plan that within the next, within our lifetimes, all of us, within our lifetime, we can see a Bible get into the hand of every believer in a restricted nation. And this is a very, very real uh, possibility that it will happen. Um, so getting scriptures, last year we distributed 1.3 million scriptures. That's not mass distribution of just going and passing them out. But we collect names, we, we network with missions and other ministries that we know people that have prayed for a Bible for 20 or 30 years and they still have never received one. But we can be their hands and their feet, we can go in, we can provide Bibles to those who have never personally had a copy of their Bible. So that's a, a real, um, not only a goal, but it's a fact that this is going to happen. So that's a way people can be involved too, is helping get Bibles. If you want to give and be a part of that, there's Bible distribution. Many, It's a challenge to get Bibles into some of these countries and uh, carrying them in, carrying them over the border, going up the mountains, building roads. I have a whole uh, um, series of photos, not with this PowerPoint, but just to see the challenge of getting God's Word into these nations is incredible. We always want to remember the young people, and we, have the, we partner with David C. Cook, and they have that's called the picture Bible, the visual Bible, that we do in many, many different languages and bring these into the nation. So reaching out to the children. Our third pillar, we have persecution response, a Bible for every believer. And our third international uh, pillar that we have is frontline ministry. And we have over 40,000 names of people that are living in the nations, that know the language, they know the culture, and uh, they are there ready to be equipped to continue to share the gospel. So we do a lot of work um, equipping them, helping them. This is a brother from India. He has a ministry called Alpha Ministries. They're based out of uh, Virginia. And uh, Benny Matthews, just an incredible brother. Their ministry, again, we come alongside, we partner. We're not lone rangers. We can be most, most effective by working and partnering with others. So. Uh, Benny's a wonderful brother in the Lord. Working in India, India is becoming more and more difficult. We used to hear a lot about India and people could take missions trips, but more and more the states and the government in India is declaring that they're going to be a Hindu nation and they do not want Christians. Uh, Compassion was involved in there for years and years. Thousands of children supported. They had to pull their support. The government said no more. They even have on the passport, if you go into India, you have to declare that you're not going there to share your faith or to bring another religion into that country. So it gets harder and harder. We need to pray for those in India, but we know many, many names of, of those who are serving there, and we can equip and we can help them. One thing we do is, is to provide bicycles or motor, motorbikes for those frontline workers who can go, are willing to go out in the village and to risk their lives. One of the stories uh, of, of this man at a pastor's training, we do pastor training, and uh, one of this, this pastor was there, 
and he was sharing about his ministry as a bike and uh, he has a drum on his bike so he'll take his bike he'll ride into a village and he'll beat on the drum and he'll create a scene and people will come and uh, as they come then he shares the gospel with them these are Hindu villages and he uh, beats on his drum people come and uh, then he begins to share the gospel so our, our worker, our international director, had asked him at this meeting, oh, well, what happens? You, you beat the drum. He said, sometimes people respond and they come to know Christ as Savior. Well, my, our uh, co-worker said, well, what happens? He said, uh, well, other times I get beat up. And uh, he said, well, what happens then? He said, well, when I come to, then I get my, on my bike and I go to another village. So here's the commitment and dedication that he'll go, he'll beat the drum, he'll share the gospel if he's beat up and he's unconscious. When he comes to, he's ready to go uh, and to share the gospel somewhere else. So just an incredible commitment because they have an eternal perspective. They're living their lives to make a difference for eternity. They know this life offers nothing. There is really nothing here. And uh, that's, that's just an incredible thing that we can learn and understand from our brothers and sisters that again directs us to God's word because that is our foundation is God's word. So um, this is another brother that's in the country of Myanmar in Burma and uh, John Biak. He has teams that they go out and they live in villages and the whole plan is it's a three-year process. It's a three-year commitment and uh, they train these young people. It's young people. They'll go into a village but they don't say what they're there for. They go there they maybe start uh, teaching English or, or do some teaching, or maybe they have a skill that they can help train local people in their skill. So when they're first there, the first year is they just get to know the people and they make friends with the, the meanest, most ornery person in the village. That's a, a plan, a goal, is make friends with the bully in the village. So they're there in a year, they build relationships. The second year, they still don't share the gospel. They don't read their Bible. They don't let people know they're believers, but they continue to build relationships. And uh, after two years, then they're maybe ready to that point where they can begin to share the gospel. By that time, the meanest guy in town is their friend, and uh, they have a good companion there that, that will stick up with them. And God uses this incredibly. But these are young people that are ready to commit three years to go and to simply live and to build relationship with the ultimate goal of seeing people come to know the Lord. So John Biak, incredible brother, but these are just a few of the many frontline workers that we partner and work with. This is a, a, the picture of Peter when he was in prison with three Sudanese pastors. You saw him holding that little boy earlier that we've helped with physical needs and that, that little boy. Uh, but this was Peter during some of his time in prison. Richard Wormbrandt was our founder, the founder of Voice of the Martyrs. Richard and Sabina uh, were from the country of Romania. And uh, they, Richard ended up spending 14 years in prison for his faith, and three years in an underground prison cell. And uh, we did a film just this past year called Tortured for Christ. I know it showed at some of the theaters. Uh, I don't know if it showed locally here, but but just incredible foundation that was laid. So 50 years, Voice of the Martyrs has been known of servants of the persecuted church and now serving with our persecuted family. So um, I know my time is up. I just want to share a verse with you. My first mission trip 
was into the country of Sudan. And that time, during that time, it was still one nation since it's been divided. And uh, the South Sudan supposedly has freedom, but there's not freedom there. There's still much persecution. Uh, but I went in with a group that we went into a village that had recently been attacked. And uh, prior to going in there, we knew that if we went in and they, the plane was not going to stay there. The plane was going to leave. If there was trouble, we'd have to find another way to get out. So it was uh, very heavy on my heart, my first mission trip, and realizing that we could be attacked by the government troops and uh, we, could, we could lose our lives if that is what God would have had. But God directed me to a, a few verses in the Bible. Colossians chapter 3, it says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So from that point on, I have not had a fear of, de- uh, a fear of death. Because as we already understand, our citizenship is in heaven. We can trust the Lord in everything. But we have already died to the things of this world. So we have no, nothing to fear. And... Uh, so that's, that's a passage I always think of, and in, in, uh, God encourages me that this life really has to do with eternity. And as you understand and learn more about missions, our minds, prayerfully our minds, our hearts, our eyes will expand beyond our borders and continue to see God has a plan for us here. God is at work here. God is at work at other nations. We need to be involved. We need to pray and be a part of our brothers' and sisters' lives. So I just want to encourage you to make sure you take one of the newsletters, take the map out, read some of the stories here. Also, there's a card. If you'd like to receive our free monthly newsletter, there's a card inside, and you could fill that out. Or if you just want to write your, your name and address down and give it to me, and I'll make sure that you get our monthly newsletter. It's free. You'll be encouraged every month. There's so many, many uh, things on our website as well, persecution.com that I'd like to invite you to, to view that. So I'm going to go ahead and pray, and we'll continue on with our service. Father, thank you so much for our time together, Lord. I, I thank you for Pastor Ryan and all those here, for Lois and those who, who understand uh, maybe a little bit more of persecution and suffering. Lord, I pray this all will open our eyes in a greater way to what our brothers and sisters face, but also to be encouraged with how you are moving in the nations. And we can be a part of that. We are a part of that, Lord. So help us to be faithful to remember our brothers and sisters. Lord, to pray for them to be involved in their lives, however would you would direct. Thank you for our time again. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for speaking with us today, Matt, and giving us the reminder that even though we're not overseas, we are in a foreign land, and so we are missionaries. There's a principle I was thinking of as you were speaking, which has to do with when a farmer wants to make a a new field for a harvest. Scripture speaks that uh, God is a farmer who scattered his seeds, scattered it everywhere, and and to see where it would grow. But when farmers want to start a new field, uh, it's always the, the new field's resistance to the harvest that you find. So farmers 
beat up their equipment, plowing and tilling over that new soil and cutting down trees and leveling things out. And You know what? God still wants those fields. He wants a harvest from these places of our world. We can't leave the rocky soil untilled. We need people to go and get beat up. We need... We need tools in the hands of the, of the master farmer to go and to, to give all such that that soil will be prepared. And that's what Voice of the Martyrs is really working to support and encourage. Uh, we look forward to continuing our conversation with you and finding out how this church can learn more and, and really network, par- participate with you to help pray for and serve those who are working in those new fields and getting beat up. Thank you so much for coming today. Um, our hymn of the day is in your green hymnals. Number 155, Man of Sorrows, as we prepare our hearts for the Lord's Supper.